very interesting. Yes, isn't it? It's very interesting what God has said this morning. He's put this all together. It's funny, Glenn and I were talking. Glenn uh, McLean is here from Faith Tabernacle. He's a pastor there. He's going to be speaking this morning. And uh, we were talking about trust. It's the last thing we said before we left the room. And then here God this morning is saying, trust me that there are issues, there are mountains that need to be moved. And he's saying, don't look to the left or to the right, but focus on me. And then Jerry came in with what focusing on me looks like. Singing songs, praising, praying, being in the word. That the Lord has not, uh, like he said, put us in to go and uh, fight some big war. That's not what God is saying. He's saying, come to me and be with me. Trust me. Give me what the issue is, whatever the mountain is, whatever the heavy laden thing is. I guarantee you it is not God's will that you walk with that forever. And here's the mystery. How do we give it to God? There's the mystery. Easily said, uh, when you're looking down the gunnels of maybe losing a job, a broken relationship, an addiction, uh, some kind of a health issue, uh, whatever the mountain or the challenge is, it's very hard to go, oh, it's going to be okay. It's okay. God's here and we're okay. But in literal sense, that's what God is saying. Not with a frivolousness, but with a seriousness of saying, my God is greater than this challenge. My God is greater than this mountain. And he moves mountains. And it does not matter what... You may be thinking, well, I deserve this. What's happening to me? I deserve this. I did something wrong, and maybe we did. Maybe we brought it on ourselves. Doesn't matter. How does God handle that? He says, well, repent. That's all he says. Bring it to the bank of repentance. Confess it. Be willing to be honest about that. Be willing to confess whatever our part of the mountain is. Takes two to dance, right? Especially in relationship conflict. Whatever it is that God's asking of us, tolerance, patience, grace, love, forgiveness, tolerance, whatever those things are, we... Repent, confess, and make agreement with God and say, Father, I'm going to try with your help of the Holy Spirit to walk in a better way with that. That's what we do if there's something in that's our part of it. But many things in life come at us that have nothing to do with us. It's out of left field, and it just throws you for for a real tumble spiritually. I say it again because I feel it so strongly. It does not matter what God's saying to us. It does not matter what the challenge is. It does not matter what the problem is. He, this morning, is saying to you as an individual, I am with you in it, and I am going to move that mountain. If you let me. Sometimes we have to let go. Let go of it. That's like, especially with kids, sometimes you just have to let the kids go. You've got to stop trying to fix them and just leave them with God. Some situations, you just got to stop. Just let it go. 
because you're actually making a bigger mess of it trying to fix it yourself and just let it go. It, it's very general terms and metaphoric terms, but I don't know what your particular situation is, so we have to speak in generalized terms. But the fact is, God is saying to you, whatever it is that's making you think you won't, God is saying, I am greater and I will make sure that you will. That's what God's saying this morning. He doesn't want us walking out of here on how am I going to get through this week. But to walk out of here with an encounter that says, my God is with me and I'm going out there and I'm not going to look to there. I'm not going to look to there. I am looking to the goal of my faith and the belief of my heart and the promise that God has made in my life. And the last I checked, God does not want us to fail. Now, I, now you know what I'm saying there. Failure sometimes can be part of winning because you're learning something through the failure. But when I say God doesn't want you to fail, he doesn't want you to s- fall in a ditch and not get up. He doesn't want you to look at a wall and never challenge it. He doesn't want you to look at an opportunity and say, no, that's not for me. I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. But to say, with my God, I can do this. With my God, I can. With my God, I will. So this is what God is saying to us through his word this morning and through. And for those that may be new to the faith, in the New Testament, there is, uh, in Corinthians, it talks about God speaking through people. And uh, Margaret gave what's called a tongue, the gift of tongues. And what God will come in and do is give somebody else the understanding, the interpretation, even though that's not a good word for it, but just the general feel of what God is trying to say to us. And it usually takes one or two people to do that, like it did this morning. So whether you really appreciate it or not, God Almighty, who created the universe when he just went, and the whole thing was created, spoke to you this morning. I don't know where else that's going to happen. It's not going to happen at Harvey's, even though sometimes God can speak if you're at Harvey's, but, but really you are in the most important place you could possibly be. You are in the group of the believers. You are in the family of the faith. You are in the church of Jesus Christ where the spirit can come and God loves you so much that he wanted you to know this this morning, right? So God is good. God is good. And he's so good that he brought Glenn to us today. I mean, how much better can it get, really? Come on up, Glenn. Glenn is, as I said, the pastor of Faith Tabernacle, uh, a very significant church in this city and has a tremendous history. You guys are celebrating, what, 90? 90 years very soon. So uh, Glenn is truly a brother in the faith with me. Like, Absolutely. you know, like yeah. we're kind of from the same chunk of tree um, in the way that we look at things. But I'm just going to pray. Some kind of a nut tree. <laughs> it is. There are some kind of nuts there, I know. Walnut, chestnut. Uh, Father, we just pray uh, for this nut this morning. Um, we pray, Father God, Glenn has been called, he has been chosen, and he has been equipped. And Father, it is with full faith and my trust in you and my understanding of Glenn's heart and his desire for the church of Jesus Christ in this city, his great heart for the city church. Father God, I pray that you give him your word 
and that he just flows in what it is that you want to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Here you go. go amen. So now that I've been officially introduced, I take the jacket off. I'm going to shrink this thing just a little bit because I'm assuming that Keith must be nearsighted. I'm farsighted, so right on. Good morning. It's so good to be with you this morning. It's such a privilege. Keith, thank you. God bless you for this opportunity to gather with you guys this morning. It is truly a treat. I, I greet you in the name of Faith Tabernacle Church in the name of Jesus Christ. So it's like uh, we come and uh, we're just partners in this city together. And it's such a privilege to be able to do that. And um, th- th- it's, this, is, this has been, been great. It's such a, um, it's a, It's a blessing to me when God goes before, like Keith and I were talking about, you know, do you trust me and and different aspects of that. And then as as God has spoken through his people this morning, I believe that God has reinforced his 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 word. And I've got I don't actually need to preach this morning because God's already spoken. But with your permission, would it be okay if I um maybe went into more depth of what God has already said because I feel like that's what, that's what I have here. So, so track with me. I'm going to teach a little bit. I'm going to preach a little bit. We'll see, we'll see how it, it goes. But it's like, a, you know, I'll, I'll start with a story and then we'll go into it. So um, I got my jacket off. I'm feeling more comfortable. I'm feeling at home. As long as you guys are feeling the same way, we're good to go. Does that sound good? All right. God, I thank you that we can gather in your name. I thank you, God, that you've already spoken, and I pray that you would continue to speak. Holy Spirit, Take the words of heaven and, God, translate those and communicate those to the hearts of each person, God, because I believe you have a way of being able to take what's said and custom fit it to the situation that each person is in. So, Lord, give us ears to hear and a heart to receive and the courage to respond to the words that you've got this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we are in the wake of Hurricane Dorian. Right? For some, it was just another storm. For others, it shook things up. I grew up uh, on a little farm on the Bay of Fundy Shore in a little community called Margaretsville. And that's where I grew up. And I, and I still, still own that farm. And my nephew is, is living in the farmhouse. And, and there's this huge maple tree uh, on the property, on the, in the, in the, uh, around the house. It's like... It is ancient. It's been there for for many, many, many years. Well, during the hurricane, a piece of that big maple tree broke and fell. Now, no one was hurt, and thank you, God, the the house was was fine. There was no damage to the house, and so. But there's only about a, a third of of this big tree that's left standing, and and it's been leaning for a while. And as I I've been watching, it, it's like. But I was pretty confident the house was okay. And you may, well, it's like it was a storm. How do you know? Well, the the reason I was pretty confident that the house was okay was because of the way the, the limbs were leaning and the way this tree was shaped and the way different pieces of it were, were leaning certain ways and you could see kind of where the weaknesses were in the trunk and so on. So when the storm came, as I had hoped and prayed, the, the piece of tree, when it broke off, didn't hit the house but landed in a certain place. 
Trust, lean on God. 
as opposed to leaning on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledgement, he will make your path straight. I don't know about you, but I find myself with a tendency towards leaning on my own understanding. It's my tendency. It's my... It's the thing I fight. It, it manifests itself in many forms, like sometimes in the form of insecurity where I stress about decisions and things that need to be done and accomplished and the results depends on my understanding. And it's like, what if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not smart enough? What if I've got this wrong? And, and the stress of that, the weight of that builds up as we kind of like, I lean on my own understanding. It's all up to me. Do I really trust God? Faith. The sacred trust can be described as putting your full weight upon to lean with all your weight on something. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. Which way do you lean? Do you lean on God? Or when these circumstances come, do you lean only on your own understanding? Because the way we lean will determine where we land under pressure. Much of the way we lean is determined up here. I mean, our heart's in it too, but much of the battle, much of the way we lean is determined up here in our heads, in our thought life, where we dwell, the direction, well, I'm leaning towards this. The Apostle Paul, who wrote many of the letters that make up a good portion of the New Testament, he wrote to the church in Philippi. And he's given some great advice in chapter 4. And he, and he goes through about rejoicing and overcoming and trusting and putting our prayer, you know, prayer, thanksgiving, all those things with, you know, that we can do to find peace. And he works in us and through us. And then in verse 8 he says, so Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And you guys could probably quote this one too. But it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or see in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Think about such things. Dwell on these things. Lean towards these things. Like in your thought life, where, where your focus is. So when you think about that, where do you lean? Because like, we all lean kind of a certain direction, but, but where do you lean in that? Do you, do you have a tendency to, to, to lean towards the negative? You know, can you, <laughs> do you lean towards, like can you find something wrong with anything, no matter what it is? Even further than that, do you lean towards maybe when you, in your thought life, when the things that surround your brain, you know, the things that are there, do you, do you lean towards what's wrong? Do you think on the things that are impure? Do you, do your, does your head go to what is untrue? Do you dwell on every flaw and shortcoming? Oh, pastor, that's just discernment. I'm, you know, uh, that's just uh, God shows me things. Is it, or is it possible that you might have a critical spirit? <laughs> do you learn to do you lean towards the negative? Like, and discernment's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not making fun of discernment, but I mean, sometimes I think we blame God for stuff that's going on in our heads. That He's going, I did not put that there. <laughs> How do we lean? Again, in Romans chapter twelve, verse two, 
speaking about the mind and where we go there. It's like Paul is trying to help the church in Rome as they grow. And he's like, guys, listen, like lay down your lives, living sacrifice, trust God. And then he says this, don't, oh yeah, Romans 12 too. I'm jumping all over the place, guys. So it was like, if you can keep up, more power to you. Romans 12 too. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I would argue that the pattern of this world leans towards the negative, towards the impure, towards the cutting others down. But being transformed in the renewing of our mind and conforming to something different would be leaning a different way in our thought life. Because the direction we lean will determine where we will land when the pressures come. You know what it's like, right? You kind of get in a rut sometimes. You need somebody else to give you a little bump because you, you get caught, you get stuck on something negative, right? You get something, it's like there's something, and, and you're just there, and you can't seem to break free from it. And we get into this loop. But the, the idea of breaking that, don't conform to the pattern of this world. Trust in God. There's, a, there's this great story, and, and I th- thank you, brother, for mentioning the war machine thing, okay, because it helped me to know, yes, I picked the right story. The great story found in Isaiah chapter 36, and I'll summarize it somewhat. So, and it's mentioned in a couple of their Old Testament books, but I'm going to pull it out of Isaiah just for the sake of this message. There's a huge army of Assyrians, and the Assyrians are taking over the Israelite territories. And one of the things they would do is they would lay siege to any fortified cities. And laying siege was basically trapping everybody in there, then building a ramp coming in and either killing everybody or starving them out. And the Assyrians were good at it. They were taskmasters in torture, you name it. They were a nasty, nasty bunch, and they didn't lose very many battles. So they're surrounding Israel, and they're surrounding some of these cities with the idea of laying siege to those cities. And, and their field commander was taunting the Israelites that were on the wall. And they was like, you know, they were taunting them and, and, and challenging them and putting the fear of Assyria in them and accusing them of, of building an alliance with Egypt was one of the things that was going. They thought, man, Israel must have, like, they must be teaming up with, with the Pharaoh and they're going to try to attack us and overcome us. So in chapter 36, actually starting in verse 6, this, this commander is taunting them and shouting at them, and he says, Look, I know you are depending on Egypt, that splintered reed of a staff which pierces the hand of anyone who leans on it, such as the Pharaoh king of Egypt who you have depended upon. So it's like he's talking about leaning on the, mili- the, uh, the military power, the might, the political power of Egypt, and how that's like... That's like having a walking stick that's, that's splintered and, and it's like you try to put your weight on it and you're going to get, you know, it's, it's like actually does damage to you. And then he goes on from there in the next verse in 37 and he says, and you think you're going to lean on your God that that's going to help? And he really puts it out there then. Like they really challenge God in this and the Assyrians are like, you know, we've destroyed everybody. Like who do you guys think that you are that you would stand up? He, they, they really, really come right out and ridicule their God. So there is a moment of decision, a moment of decision for the king, for the prophet, 
It's like, okay, who, Isaiah says, who are you going to lean on in this? And the prophet's, prophet warns them, he's like, be careful. So Hezekiah the king, I'm going to pick it up in verse 14. This is incredible, the way this happens. So Hezekiah the king. He said, Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. So it's from the Assyrians. It's a letter to him. It's like, it's serious. It's like, and this is what he did. He went up to the temple of the Lord and spread this letter out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, thrown between the cherubim. You alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to all the words Sennacherib, who was the Assyrian, has sent and ridiculed the living God. And he goes on to say, it's, it's true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste all these peoples and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they're not gods at all, but only wood and stone fashioned by human hands. But verse 20 says, Now, Lord, our God, deliver us from his hands so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord and you are the only God. We read on in this story, and God miraculously delivers them, wipes out like tens of thousands of Assyrians. They go, they go running home because of, a, of an insurrection at home. And it's like, so things are turned around. There's a complete change. But there was an, a very real temptation to rely on military alliances and political bargaining. Other countries had tried it. But Hezekiah turns to God. He leans on him. God gives them a great victory. The way you lean when, when you put your trust, where you put your trust will determine where you fall when you are surrounded. Where you lean, where you put your trust will determine where you fall when you're surrounded. Let me ask in humility this morning, are you leaning on a splintered staff this morning. Let me put it another way. Are you leaning on the stock market for financial security? Are you leaning on an unhealthy alliance forged in desperation? Are you leaning on the power of others rather than the power of God? Or do we lay the threat out before God, acknowledge who he is, and lean in? You know the old hymn of the church, leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning. So we want to lean not on our own understanding. We want to be leaning to the positive and to the godly and to the praiseworthy in our thinking. We want to lean towards trusting God in life's challenges. I also want to kind of meddle a little bit. Where are we leaning in our commitment? You know, I go, okay, where's he going with this? Well, I'm going everywhere with this one. Where are we leaning in our posture of commitment? Are we leaning in? into our relationships, into our local church, into our commitment to serve. Let me read a, a scripture for you. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 to 25. Hebrews 10, 
23 to 25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who is promised is faithful, so you'll lean into God. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, leading into relationship. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as we see the day approaching. Mm, there's some advice there. <laughs> You know, sometimes we get so laid back <sighs> that we don't even show up. <laughs> and lead back, comfortable is, is okay, but come on, guys. Like, we are laid back. But if we get too much leaning out, leaning away, there's a danger there because where the direction that we lean can determine where we land when the pressure hits. And whether it's church, whether it's relationships, whether it's serving, whether it's whatever, when the pressure comes, the direction we're leaning often determines what happens. We've seen it. It's so, like, I mean, you've seen it too. I mean, Keith and I as pastors so many times you're trying to connect with somebody and you're talking with somebody or they're in your office or something's going on and you look and see how they're leaning and it's like, do you know what I mean? It's like they're leaning so far. It's like, I don't know how they're still standing. And, and you try to help them to see the directions that they're leaning. But unless their posture changes, it's so predictable. I'm sorry, but it is so predictable when the pressure comes and life happens and temptation comes or, or distraction comes. It's like you can just, you can be sitting there and it's so easy. You can just watch it play out. Now, God intervenes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to limit the power of God in this. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying the direction you're leaning can determine where you land when pressure comes. There's one last aspect of leaning I want to look at. And um, save the best for last. But this goes with, this all ties together so well. It's so, so true of God. I want us to consider our relationship with God through Christ in, with the direction that we're leaning. And I want to use John, John the disciple, uh, as an example. One of the twelve fondly called the one who Jesus loved. Remember, John's the one that wrote that. So, I mean, you take that with a grain of salt. He wrote it himself, right? John, the favorite, and, and you know, he, and he keeps writing. So, I mean, you got to take that into consideration. But there's something to be said about John. There's something to be said about him, and, and, and take it for what it's worth. But it's like, that you just, it's hard to argue against. Like it or not, John had a special relationship with Jesus, so when others were leaning away, John was leaning in. And it showed in his life. So at the Last Supper, if you can picture this, right? So the, the 12 were gathered together with Jesus, and they were sitting around the table, reclining at the table, kind of very much leaning in, very kind of comfortable, very intimate, very special. And so they're gathered around the table, and Jesus begins to talk about some pretty personal things and important things that are about to unravel. 
And one of those is he's telling the group, the 12, the whole 12, and it's interesting how he does this. He doesn't specifically come out and say, Judas is going to betray me. He, he, he doesn't make it that easy. He says, one of you, one of you is going to betray me. And I'm going to put a visual that you can't get on the tape, but it's like what I'm thinking is everybody's kind of around and he's teaching and he says, I'm going to, like, I'm going to be betrayed. And it's like, and one of you is going to betray me. And I think most of them went, <gasps> not me, Lord. Surely not me, Lord. Except one. John 13, 23. John 13, 23. One of them, the disciple whose Jesus, whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motions to the disciple and says, ask him, ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Leaning in, leaning against Jesus. He asked him, Lord, who is it? Where there are questions, when doubt flows in, like this is, this is around the table. This was in times of intimacy with Jesus. When Jesus raises a question, when, when things are questions, like in those moments, Lord, who is it? In those moments, do we lean in or do we lean away? I mean, we can read later in the chapter where, where John, Peter is walking with Jesus after his resurrection. They're walking on the beach and they've, they're walking together. And, and Jesus is basically reinstating Peter. You know, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And, and Peter at some point kind of goes like, but what about him? like pointing at John. And I love it that John is still described as the one who leaned against Jesus at the table. Like, so this is chapters later. I don't know about you, but I want to be that kind of person. I want to be that kind of a husband. I want to be that kind of a pastor. I want to be that kind of a friend. I want to be that kind of a follower of Christ. That when other people are kind of describing me to somebody else, it's like, you know, that, that Glenn guy there, that nut from, from faith, the, the one that, that leans on Jesus, the one that, the one that leans in, the one that's like, I, I, it's like, it's hard to describe. He's, he's completely crazy. But, but in the moments when there's questions, he's the guy, like, he's always the guy, he's just, he's just leaning on Jesus. Things get stirred up. He like, he doesn't lose it. He just goes, okay, I better, I need, I need to hear from God in this. I need a whisper from him. Like, there's some things, there's some questions here. I need it from the source. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lean into the other 11. I'm going to lean into Jesus and say, Jesus, what are you saying? I want to be that kind of person. Leaning. In our relationship with God, what, where are we leaning? What are we leaning into? I've asked a lot of questions. I'm going to keep asking a few because I'm, that's what I just want to do. If I can leave you here not questioning, but with some questions. What about you this morning? I want you to think, like, I want you to examine yourself. Take a moment. Think about it. 
how are you leaning? You can only really tell sometimes if you evaluate it, and it's important to know <laughs> what vertical is. All right, knowing what vertical is, who Christ is, what he says about you, the promises that he has made, right? The vertical. We, we, we've got to have, like, we've got to know which end is up. It's like having an artificial horizon and a plane when you're flying because you get in the clouds and you can't see. You can pretty soon not know which end is up. Life can be that way. We have, but when we look at this, when we use this as our, you know, our source, how are we leaning? Is it on God? What about our thought life? Are we leaning towards godly thoughts? Are we leaning in? Are we leaning on Jesus? Only you can answer that. I love the, uh, I love the, the culture here, the atmosphere here, that I can get to the end of a message like that, and we can just go. Hmm. I believe in the Psalms; they call it Silah. Think on these things. Not a jump up and down kind of a message. Doesn't need to be. But I recognize that the potential within this room is that there's some people leaning certain ways in certain areas of their life that left unaddressed have the potential to have you fall in a direction you had no intention of landing. So not to come across as a heavy, but to come across as an opportunity maybe, or even just that ability, like, it's, I believe it's the heart of God for you because I believe God wants to bless people. I believe God wants the best for people. I believe God wants people to, as, as, as Keith was saying, it's like, you know, to not fall in the ditch for no, with no recovery or to come to that wall with no way to get through. It's like, I don't know, I think sometimes you just, there's a question that needs to be answered and maybe that's where you're at this morning. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to give your fearless leader back the mic so that he can figure out where to go from there. But, <laughs> but let me pray for you. God, we don't want to rush this, and Lord, we don't want to jump any agendas or anything like that. But God, I just pray. I want to pray for some folks that are leaning on their own understanding this morning. God, that perhaps have figured something out in a way that maybe is an easy way out or maybe not even an easy way out, but something that they see is the only way out, but it's, it's not going to be the best result. God, I just pray for them. Lord, in the midst of that, with no condemnation, no condemnation. God, where there's a sense that they're leaning on their own understanding, God, that 
in that moment, God, that you would supernaturally, by your spirit, arrest that thought, interrupt that decision where needed, and God, that you would set someone on a path towards your best plans and purposes, God. Where there's some folks here maybe in their relationship with you where there's some doubts and questions coming in and it's, it's messing with their security. God, in the midst of that, I pray that by your spirit and how you're hovering in this place and ministering to each one, that in that moment that there would that be peace be still would be spoken into that situation, that where there would be a sense of leaning into you and against you and being received in that. And Lord, that your peace would would fill that situation. So God, so where there's chaos, where there's confusion, where there's unrest in somebody's spirit and in, in the relationship with you, God, I speak peace be still. Lord, you are with them. Jesus, your presence, your power, your Holy Spirit is in the midst of that. And, and no matter the doubts, the concerns, the clouds that are happening there, no, no, we push that back. We push that back in Jesus' name. And we raise up the standard of your word that says you are chosen, you are called, you are a son, you are a daughter, you are accepted in Jesus' name. And God, you are so real in the midst of those doubts. God, you never told us we'd never have doubts. You've just always said that you'd be in the midst of it. So, God, we trust you in that. God, there's some... Lord, I I feel like there's some people just kind of leaning back in their commitment to... Commitment to following you. Not their relationship with you necessarily, but, God, in their their sense of, of... Maybe they've been burned um, in church life or feeling, um, I guess, used is the word that comes to my mind. It's, it's funny. We pray, dear Lord, use me, and then when we get used, we complain, but that's all right. But there's a sense that there's somebody here that maybe is, is sensing that, and, and um, I just want to encourage you, lean in. Um, it can be so easy because the expectation in our culture now is to be anything but committed. And there is a great reward in being committed to what God is doing and being committed to his church and being committed to serving and committed to your family and committed to your job and committed to your friends. And so, God, I just pray that there would be a sense of leaning in in so many ways in the area of commitment. God, you're at work. You're doing something. So, Lord, as I say, we're not rushing this. I'm just going to throw something at you that uh, I spoke Sunday. And it's in this area of victory. And it's in this area of overcoming and God moving the mountains. There's something very unique about the kingdom of God. Most times, if not all of the time, victory comes in surrender. I'm not talking about giving up. I'm talking about victory. We're in that battle when we're in that, we're up to here when we're, we're trying to get through and we're pushing through in our own strength. There comes a point where victory over whether it be a temptation, victory over a situation, victory over an adversary, comes in surrender. 
surrendering to the spirit of God within us, surrendering to his, his will. I'm not talking about giving up. I'm not talking about giving up. I'm talking about surrendering our will, our, you follow me? Like, I don't want to confuse anybody, but you know what I'm saying? And I don't know about you, but surrender is not easy for me. And it comes back to that first question that came up. Do we, do you trust me? I, is this okay? Like, can we get, do you trust me? My answer to God is yes, but with reservations. You know what I mean? Like anybody, you know what I'm saying? Yes, God, I trust you, but. It's like, stop. So maybe this morning, something that, that needs to happen is you're in a place where you need to surrender to God, like surrender. Like I'm not talking about giving up on the situation, just that there's a place of surrender. And, um, Unless God drops something else really fast into my heart, that's kind of where I'm at. So I'm going to turn that back to you. No hurry. Just so sometimes there's wisdom in shutting up when you get to the end of what God said. So that's that's. I don't know why um, uh, why you come to church, um, but ideally, to come to church is to come so that God can speak to us and we can speak to God. That really, you would hope that when you come to church that God is actually going to speak to you as an individual. I cannot imagine a better example of that than what's happened here this morning. I really can't. God, from the start right to Glenn's finish, has so coordinated this message around the area of trust, around the area of surrender, and that wonderful image of leaning. And God this morning is saying through, right from the prophetic words at the beginning to Glenn, lean into me. Don't do this with whatever life's coming at you with. Lean into God and trust him and make the changes that need to be made. Oh, well. I don't know what more you can offer, honestly. Maybe if dollar bills started falling from the sky or something, I don't know what else we really... Jerry? Yes. That's very biblical. Yeah. Yeah, the decisions are very... It's like Glenn was saying, when the rough stuff happens, where you fall, and once the storm comes and the falling and the tree starts falling, you can't fix it then, even though... Yes, we were saying God can intervene sometimes, and thank God when he does. But for the most part, you got to, God saying today, decide which way you're going to lean. So we don't have to worry about where the tree is going to fall. It's going to fall into the lap of Jesus, right? You want to say something, Janet? Or you're fixing your hair. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, sometimes it only takes a word, right? Church. Believe, trust, surrender, right? How many this morning really feel that God spoke to them specifically about something personal, that it actually is something you're going to take away from? Yeah, like you can't ask for anything more than that. That's really what church is. That's what it's supposed to be, that you guys have an encounter with a living God who tells you that he's involved with your life and he's working with you and he's giving us direction. Oh, we are so fortunate. We are so fortunate.
So we got to go. Time is uh, is racing here.